0: This is the Vinny White Show on in depth radio, News Talk 1010.
1: Good evening, welcome. My name is Vinny White. This is the Vinny White Show, a news flavored Spanish churros dipped in opinion chocolate and sprinkled with giggles. Hot in temperature, not great to look at. Um, Vinny White Show, you can get in touch on these 71010. You can phone the show on 416 872 1010. Just had an advert for back to school. Really? Are we doing that? The weird thing is, I still have that response. It must be Pavlovian of, oh, oh. No one's ever heard of back to school lad and gone, happy days. Maybe it, intelligent people. um So, tonight we're going to talk about Sasha Obama and her new job. She's got one, she's only 15. She's got a job. It's great. Uh, we're going to talk about a city in New Zealand that features a cash machine-like terminal that asks people about their feelings instead of dispensing money. Interesting. Uh, we're going to explore music to give up smoking by and we'll talk some Olympic shenanigans as well. Amanda Capido, our resident news junkie, is going to come in later. And I might quiz her. I think I've got a good feature lined up called Was This an Olympic Sport? We'll throw a few random ones out and see if she can guess them. Uh, Pat's pressing the buttons. He's amazing. You may hear him occasionally as well. Are you all right, Pat?
0: I'm great, thanks.
1: Tickety boo. All right, let's get cooking. Sasha Obama, daughter of U.S. President Barack Obama, has swapped the comforts of the White House for the counter of a seafood restaurant. Yeah, she's 15, but she's taken on a summer job serving food in uh, Martha's Vineyard. Sasha, using her full name Natasha, has been accompanied by the uh, restaurant. Uh, well, to the restaurant and uh, often around the restaurant by a contingent of uh, six Secret Service agents. I had that on my first job, though. We all have that, don't we? Six Secret Service agents. My first job was delivering newspapers. I had six Secret Service... Or was it 60? Or was it sixty newspapers? It was sixty newspapers. Sorry, it's very confusing. Long time ago, uh, the town has been a favorite location for the Obamas on their summer breaks. Photographs show the president's young daughter wearing the uh, restaurant's uniform—a blue T-shirt and cap—and working at the cash register. Uh, a co-worker said she's been working down. I don't know where she's from. She's been working downstairs at takeout. Takeout. Take, take. Again, she's travelled. Um. We were wondering why there were six people helping this girl out, and then I found out who she was. Um, The White House has not commented on the report, but First Lady Michelle Obama has spoken about trying to bring their daughters up as normally as possible, which is good for her, uh, but that is going to be tricky. Also, financially, it's not going to make a lot of sense. Assuming she's making about $10 an hour, and each of our six agents are making $100 an hour, that's only a loss of $590 an hour. Uh, as well as working on the takeaway counter, Sasha Obama's other duties reportedly include waiting on tables and helping to prepare the restaurant for its lunchtime opening. Her security team has been waiting nearby in a large car while the first daughter deals with tourist meals. What is it with security men and large cars? They always do that. Why don't we provide the security agents with minis? And while you are at it, make them take those sunglasses off. Very intimidating. Pop on some Elton John styles and uh, at least we can all have a bit of a laugh. And they won't be quite so intimidating as they snap your neck. Um, other famous children who have worked in uh, placements. Brooklyn Beckham, teenage son of David and Victoria Beckham, has worked at the offices of filmmaker Guy Ritchie. That's not a normal job. That's not normal. Oh, I'm just going to get an everyday job. Can I work at the office of uh, Guy Ritchie on a film? Yeah. And, of course, our own... Uh, I said our own, as in this sort of vague area. Actually, I don't know why I'm saying that. Let's, let's push him away. Not our own, Donald Trump. Yeah, when he was uh, Donald Trump Jr., he worked as a dock attendant at his father's marina at Trump Castle in Atlantic City. <laughs> Regular communal garden, everyday job. Working at my father's castle.
0: You're tuned in to The Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010.
1: I have we given up smoking. It's not easy to do. I did it once. And uh, although I have to admit now I'm occasionally vaping, I know which is considerably better for you than smoking. I saw a documentary on it. That's a fact. And, um, but it's still not great for you by any means. Um, but now, right, in South Korea, I've got a new idea. It's going to save the world. Everything's going to be fine. South Korea's defence ministry has enlisted the help of a K-pop girl band to encourage soldiers to quit smoking. Eight-piece group Lovelies, with a Z at the end, see what they did, are now anti-smoking ambassadors for the military, which is on a drive to slash smoking rates, and it's ranks by about 30% they're shooting for. Uh, the women will feature on calendars which will hang in barracks next year and they'll be getting their own talk show on a military TV channel to spread the message to tell the soldiers to stop smoking. Soldiers who manage to kick the habit will be invited to the programme for a chat with the lovely ladies. The lovelies. Um, male smoking rates in South Korea are among the highest in the developed world. Now, unfortunately, this song hasn't come out yet, um, but I, I was very interested. I'm always interested in K-pop. Because it's so weird. Um, so I looked up the Lovelies, and here's a little a little sample of what the no smoking song might sound like. This is a song by them. It's called Achoo. You know you're at the bottom of the barrel when you're coming up with a chorus. And the best you can do is... Oh, what did you say the other side? Well, I sneezed. Yeah, let's use that. Achoo. Um, That song is literally called Achoo. Achoo. And if you see the video, it's... uh, How many are there? Seven lovelies in the lovelies? Eight-piece lovelies. Eight lovelies. um, Pretending to sneeze. <laughs> uh, isn't music great nowadays? Led Zeppelin was a bit rubbish, really. Why do do you need them when you can have the lovelies? Um, Anyway, it's a horrific song, and no doubt the uh, no-smoking song will also be quite bad, because K-pop isn't... But it's catchy. Um, But there is an Indian group that's come together to make a no-smoking song. Slightly better, still not great. This could be motivation. Don't smoke because...
2: Don't smoke because... Smoke because don't smoke because Don't smoke because when you speak you croak. And your breath she it smells of smoke. Don't smoke because Don't smoke because your shirts have holes in them. And your lungs are filled with dirty phlegm. Don't smoke because Don't smoke because your daddy looks younger
0: and she is more popular too. Don't smoke
1: because. I think about enough. Weirdly, it makes me want a cigarette. Um, Actually, both songs make me want to stuff cigarettes in my ears and then throw the lighter at the musicians, preferably with a nice helping of kerosene. Let's get things going. Um, Advocating arson on News Talk 1010. Pat. Pat. uh, You know, like, you're really good-looking in that.
0: Thanks, I appreciate that.
1: Why don't you, like... um, Give out a picture of someone to... I've messed this up, haven't Let's start again. Hey, Pat, you know you're really good looking. Yes, thank you, Vinny. Is there a special person in your life that might enjoy your face on canvas? I think there's many. Wouldn't it be great if there was a place you could do that, such as mrphotocanvas.com, Toronto's one-stop shop for blowing up your face on canvas?
0: Was that mrphotocanvas.com?
1: Yeah, but it's important to, I'm just reading their website, definitely no connection to what I do, but I'm just reading it and it says here, apparently it's not just beautiful faces, any face. So even if you didn't, yours is not the former bracket, but if it was in the latter bracket, you're golden. So let's just say I had a
0: digital picture. What could they uh, do with that for me? Mate,
1: if you pick it up, you'll pay half price. And you pay on pickup, so it's risk-free. MrPhotocanvas.com doesn't just blow up your face on canvas or your body, not your willy. It will also reproduce the artwork that you might have done in the past.
0: That's awesome. MrPhotocanvas.com.
1: Thanks, mate. I thought we'd get it in early because usually we bang it on at the end, mix it up a bit. A city in New Zealand now features a cash machine-like terminal that asks people about their feelings instead of dispensing money. What? I really genuinely like this idea. I think it's really clever. The machine has been installed in Warangi, New Zealand, as part of an art project called Mood Bank. After previous stints in other cities around New Zealand, it's got a touchscreen and it allows passers-by to select more than 1,000 options and combine them to describe their current state of mind. The deposits, if you want to call them that, are then stored to give updates on the city's emotional condition on the project's website. You can see how happy people are by logging on. Uh, The project is a brainchild of an artist called Vanessa Crow, who first placed it in a former bank in the capital, Wellington, saying she wanted to uh, explore the role of machines for sharing feelings and experiences. It's a great idea. The group's spokesman says the aim is to put a focus on people's well-being rather than money and economic growth. So money is the key to all happiness, as we know. Sorry, I live on King West. Seems to have infected my brain. Um, No, money is not the key to all happiness, uh, as we know. And this this art project really pushes that forward. So uh, we hope to really move it around so we can get a good bit of geographical mapping of our country, said the artist. Absolutely amazing idea. I'd love to see that data for different parts of Toronto. You could do, a, like, a mood weather report. Much love in North York today with a... Chilly lack of purpose in Parkdale, Leslieville looks quite perky but Scarborough is feeling a a little less lonely and isolated uh, with a solid front of optimism moving in as the week goes by. Downtown we see patchy isolation, particularly from people living in glass boxes in the sky. A family oriented warm happy patch in Mississauga this week but due to some broken homes it isn't being experienced by all residents. Coming after the break, I'll reveal how you can achieve a long-lasting sex life that will cure many of life's wobbly bits. I'm
0: not sure it's worth it. This is the Venny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010.
1: A drunk dude mistakes cop cruiser for cab last night here in Toronto. Absolute belter. He's going to love himself for this one. Yes, he was drunk. He thought it was a cab. It wasn't. It was a police cruiser. Toronto Police say an intoxicated man got into a police vehicle last night thinking it was a taxi. <laughs> Constable Alison Douglas Cook says the officer had stopped to get gas at a police station garage in uh, Liberty Village. Garage in Liberty Village. When the man climbed inside the cruiser. I don't know what he said at that point. The article doesn't say. I don't know if he said, uh, Can you take me home, please? Where's your meter? What's going on? Why have you got a uniform on? I love you. (laughs) Probably. Uh, He was arrested after the officer discovered he was wanted on an outstanding warrant. Well done there. Lovely. Love that. Hey, Steve, you know you've got that outstanding warrant. What are you doing tonight? I'm going to get so hammered and then just jump in the back of a police car.
0: This is the Venny White Show on In-Depth Radio. News Talk 1010.
1: Um, I don't really understand the Pokemon thing because obviously it's not really aimed at me. Although I have walked into a few people this week playing it that are my age. So obviously it's it's fun for all the family. But apparently everyone can stop playing now because it's all been done. Uh, every Pokemon has been caught. If you don't know what I'm talking about, by the way, um, nor do I. <laughs> I've never played it. It's a game on your phone that you have to catch. You know what it is. And if you don't. You get the idea. Uh, A man by the name of Nick Johnson has been touring the world over the last few weeks, feverishly trying to catch all of the Pokemon Go characters, posting updates on his Snapchat account. And this week in Australia, he finally did it. Uh, Johnson's a 28-year-old New Yorker. He travelled around the US, predominantly in New York and New Jersey, to catch all of the North American Pokemon. Uh, Once he crossed that hurdle, he received sponsorship from Expedia and Marriott Rewards to fly to Paris, Hong Kong, Sydney and Tokyo. To continue playing the game. Sponsorship from Expedia and Marriott Rewards. He didn't even pay for any of this. How does that happen? He's only catching Pokemons. I understand Stride Gum sponsoring a dude for jumping out of a plane without a parachute. That I get, but this guy. Expedia, if you're listening, can you send me to Fiji, please? I will I don't know. Uh do some mining. Equally as impressive, isn't it? What do you want? It'll be great publicity for you. Uh, according to Johnson, he received help finding numerous hidden characters thanks to locals. People tip me off, he said. He ultimately nabbed the last Pokemon around midnight while combing the streets of Sydney last night in an Uber. I think it was last night. Who cares? Uh, Johnson, though, wasn't the only jet setter. There was another man named Peter Joey Fam who also travelled the world to catch them all. And I'm not making this up, right? Listen up for this one. He hasn't received sponsorship. Shame. So he had to pay for it all himself. He footed the entire bill himself. Okay. And then, here's your kicker. He had to quit his quest after getting hit by a car. (laughs) It's not funny that he got hit by a car, but we know why he got hit by a car, which makes it partially funny. Slightly giggly. I hope he's all right. But it is kind of funny. Look up! There's whole no world out there! Why do you ignore the beauty of nature?
0: This is the Venny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010.
1: Uh, more news coming your way. A uh, drug dealer made off with 102 grand euros uh, of Austrian police cash. What? Yeah, a drug dealer in Austria this week made off with over 100,000 euros of police money during an embarrassing... Undercover operation botch up in which officers failed to seize the suspect According to a newspaper in Austria an undercover police officer had tried to lure drug dealers into a trap by offering to buy Seven kilos of heroin from them for hundred and two thousand euros hundred and two thousand euros it Haggling going on after meeting them at Salzburg Airport one of the suspects said he wanted to check the money was real which it was At that point, the operation took a turn for the worse when the suspect grabbed the money and ran away. Despite police efforts to track him down, he, nor the money, has been seen since. Well done. Meanwhile, his accomplice, a 26-year-old Albanian, waiting outside the car, was seized by police. Oh, he's not having a good time. He'll be in uh, court next week facing charges relating to the drug dealing and theft. A police spokesperson told the courier... As the newspaper. They didn't want to comment. <laughs> As another way to say it. We're so bloody embarrassed. And we're obviously crap. So can we just wait? Um, they did go on to say it will only become clear whether there are disciplinary consequences after the trial. Does it just make you wonder, like, did the police know the drug dealer? All right, you run away with it. I'll meet you in a few weeks. Okay? Go on. Get away, Get away from here. I'll pretend to get my gun out.
0: This is the Venny White Show on In-Depth Radio. News Talk
1: 1010. I think I'm so special because I've done two 12K runs in a week. And then I made a terrible mistake. I put the Olympics on as soon as I got home. And it sort of pales into insignificance in the big grand scheme of things. Because these super bods, sexy people everywhere. Also, even doing the run, you do stumble across ridiculously good-looking people in Toronto, don't you? I was running along the waterfront all the way down to sort of like Cherry Beach. And uh, it's just a constant stream of sexy people. And there's me, top-off. Hey, If the PM can do it, I can do it. He started it. Well, actually, Putin started it. <laughs> if we, yeah. So I, was, I had the old top-off. Also, it's too hot to be running about without a top on. I feel sorry for women. In fact, this is, I mean, it might sound a bit pervy, but I'm just encouraging you all to take your tops off. Is that all right? I think you could get away with that. Yeah, just I'm just worried about you. It's care in the community. All ages... Oh, God, this sounds really bad now. Let's move on. It was supposed to be a joker now. You ever do these gags and you think, oh, coming across a bit creepy. Moving on. Down the rabbit hole. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And in the olden days, I used to keep digging, but not anymore. I pressed the old abort button. Clever little sausage, me. Meanwhile, let's start on the Olympic shenanigans. Apparently this week a kayaker hit a couch, which is one of the weirdest headlines ever. Kayaker hits couch was the headline. (laughs) Paul Kelso. A journalist for Sky Sports in the UK reported on Friday that an Olympic kayaker had capsized after hitting a submerged couch. No, really. Uh, the report, which uh, immediately sparked the hashtag, hashtag sofa on Twitter, uh, was not corroborated by anyone else. Nevertheless, the organizer taking it seriously enough to investigate it. What is there to investigate? Chuck a bloke in there, have a feel around. Is there a couch? <laughs> That's the investigation. How can that take days? Is there a couch underwater that someone could be you know, pushed out of a kayak by hitting? You'd think, though, that the Olympic kayaker would be uh, able to participate without the fear of capsizing on errant furniture. Uh, I must confess on a personal note, a large part of me desperately wants this to be true because it does seem slightly made up. Amanda Capito joins me. She's our resident news junkie. And we're going to talk about all things Olympics. Hello, my dear. Hi. Nice to see you. Nice to see you too. You have... Um... A traffic light inspired dress on.
2: Okay, just goes to show that you have no idea about fashion or the Hudson's Bay Company. Oh,
1: is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> I've only ever seen the white ones with the Hudson Bay colours. Is this, is this the same thing? Yeah, him? they
2: have a navy blue background or a white background uh, usually. It's the stripes that are green, yellow, white and red.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's not a great radio feature, I must admit. Sorry, people.
2: <laughs> Thanks for having me on to criticise my
1: outfit. Always a pleasure. I don't remember criticising it. <laughs> I said it was traffic you light me, inspired. That's, that's a horrible... That's not a compliment. It's got yellows, it's got reds, and it's got greens.
2: Thanks. Us girls just really want to be looking like traffic right, lights.
1: Hang on. Uh, what I'm saying is, you'd stop traffic. Uh, <laughs> back pedal, back pedal. That's what bad. I'm saying is, you make me want to go...
2: Okay, stop now.
1: Uh, can't think of an amber pun. We're done. Nope. keep milking. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs>
2: please, no. I,
1: I'm certainly not indifferent about how hot you are. I'm not on amber. Doesn't even work. Oh, Doesn't even work. Unbelievable. Um,
2: Moving on.
1: Before the break, I asked everybody if live, p- live pigeon shooting... Was ever an Olympic sport?
2: <laughs> and okay. I've been
1: reading your text, so I'll start with you on this one. Was, in, in, since the birth of the Olympic Games, yeah. has it ever involved live pigeon shooting?
2: I'm going to go with yes.
1: Is correct. Yes. Well done. Actually, let's do a proper quiz. And we're going to play a new quiz called, Was this ever an Olympic sport? Okay. I'm going to give you various different Olympic sports. This well, is given that,
2: like, skateboarding's now a sport, right?
1: I didn't know that. Is it?
2: Yeah, they just released four new sports.
1: I didn't know that was one of them.
2: <laughs> okay, let's go on with the quiz. We'll talk about that later.
1: Was this an Olympic sport? Swimming obstacle course. No. It actually was. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Paris's muddy river Seine hosted the 200-meter obstacle swimming race for the first and only time in the 1900 games. Swimmers had to clamber over a pole and a row of boats before swimming under another row of vessels. I uh, had no idea. Australia's Fred Lane took gold on that. Well done. Okay. Okay. Was this ever an Olympic sport? Tandem chain smoking. No. That <laughs> no, wasn't.
2: Vinny, Vinny would make that one up. <laughs>
1: Okay. Was this ever an Olympic sport? Lemon hurling. Taking down a teenage boy on one leg by hurling a lemon at his back. No. Yeah, you're right, it wasn't.
2: <laughs> Again, <laughs> a Vinny creation.
1: Was this ever an Olympic sport? Tug of war. Yeah. It was, correct.
2: Yeah, but that's like one of the first ones from the like Athens times. Yeah, featured yeah.
1: in five modern Olympic games from... Uh, Paris 1900 through Antwerp. No, it's not back to Athens. Okay. No, but it was quite old. But, like, old. old. Yeah, from, like, 1900 to 1920. Uh, Teams of eight had five minutes to pull their opponents six feet over a line. And if there was no winner, they'd just get the team that did the best.
2: Cool. I wish... I I mean, I think I could be a contender.
1: I wouldn't mess with you. Yeah. I'm still worried about that dress comment and what violence (laughs) will ensue later. (laughs) Um, Was this an Olympic sport? Long jump for horses.
2: Olympic sport. Mm -hmm. Well, but like a human was on the horse? I couldn't say. So that means yes.
1: Is correct. (laughs) Well done. Because
2: if you made it up, you would have had an answer for me. Damn
1: you, you're getting way too good at this. (laughs) (laughs) This is more psychology than anything else at this point. Uh, Long jump for horses. Why not combine horsey things with track and field? The Olympic Committee bosses did exactly that for the first and only time, again in the 1900 Games in Paris, when Belgium Constant van Landogdoch won gold uh, for a 6.1-metre leap atop his horse. Which is crap. So then
2: he is a top... So there is someone on the horse. There is a
1: dude on the uh, horse, of yeah. Of course,
2: the horse isn't going to get an Olympic medal.
1: Well, this is this is how bad it is, right? Horse, best ever, 6.1 metres. Man, right? Team USA, Mike Powell, 1991. Nearly 9 metres.
2: Yeah, it's amazing.
1: 8.95 metres he did. Because
2: humans can do the thing with their hands where they're like swimming in the air. Like,
1: and also, humans just know why what they're doing it for. <laughs> yeah. A horse is going, I mean I'll do it, but I have absolutely no carrots you say. Yeah. Carrots.
2: <laughs>
1: okay. Was this an Olympic sport? Female mud wrestling? Yeah. I wish. No. Monkey tennis. No. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> if anyone has ever heard of Alan Partridge, there's an inside joke there. Uh, was this an Olympic sport? Fishing for carp.
2: Fishing for what?
1: Carp. What are you, cop? carp? Carp. God damn it! Don't make me do this. <laughs> Fish. It's like a carp. C A R P. What is wrong with you?
2: Um, fishing. I. Okay, yeah. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, plunge for distance. Do you want me to explain what that is? Yeah. Uh, it's basically swimming down as far as you possibly can.
2: That's cool. That should be. It was. Yeah, that's good. Yeah,
1: not anymore, but in 1904 in uh, Missouri, St. Louis. Never repeated. Dickie, uh the winner, William Dickey, managed to glide below the surface for an astonishing 62 feet and 6 inches. Wow. It's insane, isn't it?
2: I can't believe he did that and like the compression didn't bother well, his exactly.
1: head. I wonder if that's why they cancelled it, because surely that's dangerous. Yeah, it's
2: bad for your ears.
1: You get the bends. Yeah. Uh, Was this an Olympic sport? Babysitting difficult children? No. Navigating tax returns? Should be. (laughs) (laughs) It so should! I reckon I lose more weight doing that than anything else. (laughs) Um, Rope climbing? Yeah. It was! You're doing very well. Rope climbing featured in uh, five Olympics, actually, from 1896 to 1932. From a seated start, athletes used only used only their hands to clamber up 49 feet, which is a really long way. Yeah. Uh, and then they halved it to about 25 feet afterwards because I think they thought it was too long. Uh, in uh, 1904, uh, Team USA won that one. Now, it says here his feet was all the more incredible because he had one wooden leg. But surely that's an advantage.
2: See, now we're getting into an Oscar Pistorius situation here.
1: Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Apparently, he didn't kill his girlfriend though. So, sorry, <laughs> bit dark, on not it? <laughs> yeah. um, wooden leg. Surely that's less weight, and if uh, you're not allowed to put your feet on them anyway.
2: Oh, you're not allowed to put your feet no, on. No, it's,
1: it's arms only.
2: Yeah, so then that's a for sure advantage.
1: So it's not made all the more incredible. Writer of this report. <laughs>
2: He's uh, making notes on this. <laughs> Why making notes? Because I'm
1: going to write him a bloody good <laughs> message and put it right. <laughs> the advantages of a wooden leg. Blindfolded speed pottery. Uh, the team had to uh, make a functional ashtray in the smallest time possible. No. Okay, that might not have been true.
2: Anything to do with smoke, just r- ashtray. You're just bringing in the smoking into all the Olympics, these fake Olympic sports that you're making up.
1: Tandem bicycle sprint. Was that ever in the Olympics? Yeah. Tandem cycling, which saw two two two-men team racing 2,000 metres, was a major fixture all the way from 1908 to 1972. Very much, yeah. Cool. It lives on, actually, in the Paralympics. Um, Was this in the Olympics? Horse cuddling, applying empathy and love to a horse. No. Jenga? (laughs) No. Underwater swimming. Yeah. Damn you! (laughs) I thought if I did a list of stupid ones, I could get you off the track. (laughs) Yeah, underwater swimming was one. Um, Underwater swimming made its uh, first and actually only appearance in in, uh, Paris. Competitors swam below the surface of the river up to 60 metres, gaining two points for each metre they covered and another one for every second they were submerged. How crap was that as a spectator's sport? (laughs) Because yeah. no, but... <laughs> the the Seine as well is not a very clean river. It certainly wasn't in the 1900s. So
2: yeah, they didn't have GoPros back then. No. <laughs> now it could be interesting.
1: Uh, Barry Biggles has gone underwater. <laughs> we should find out how he does in about ten minutes. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Here's an advert.
2: <laughs> okay, I'll actually tell you the new sports that were added, which is why I thought we were doing this quiz okay. really quickly. <laughs> so this it just happened this week. It's five new sports that are being added to the Tokyo 2020 Games. It includes karate, Mm. skateboarding, which I was very excited about. That is going to be fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. Sports climbing, surfing, and baseball.
1: Sports climbing. Now, is that just... uh, Sports climbing... Oh, I wonder if that's um, a race or perhaps it's more technical. You have to do a climb a particular way. It's
2: like includes rocks, boulders, mountains, and you can test your skills and you're like climbing walls. Oh, I'd love to
1: see that. Yeah. They, they, I'm really glad they're additions, actually, because they all sound really good.
2: Yeah, I know. They're great additions. None of this garbage that you were listing on.
1: <laughs> How do you feel about, and I don't know the proper name for it, but horse dancing? Is that all right? For the Olympics? Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not joking now. There was the one, I forgot what it's called. What's Dressage. It called? Dressage, horse yeah, dancing. Yeah, I
2: mean, it, I've seen the shows at the Royal Winter Fair and stuff, and mm. like it does take a lot of skill. It's amazing. Have you ever seen Cavalia?
1: Let's just move back there for a second. <laughs> yeah. It does take a lot of skill.
2: It's, it's pretty but amazing. But it is a
1: dancing horse.
2: But it is entertaining. Yes,
1: because it's a dancing horse.
2: <laughs> but maybe it shouldn't be Olympic sport. I, I don't it. think
1: it should. Okay, okay,
2: okay. You convinced me. Oh, you're
1: very easy to do
2: <laughs> I was on the fence.
1: What was the one you said? The other one? Cavalia? What's that?
2: The show with the dancing horses. And they're oh, like trotting through the water and it's on a stage. It comes. It came to Toronto twice.
1: Like a sort of Cirque du Soleil thing, but with but horses.
2: But horses, exactly.
1: Do they do any... Swinging from trapezes or...
2: No, but they have the horses kind of... It's like they're angelic and they have the light show. You know who loved it? Jerry Agar. What? I know. If he loves it, then everyone will love it.
1: That's like of all the people <laughs> on this planet.
2: He thought it was one of the best shows he's ever seen. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't understand that man. It. Ask him about it. <laughs>
1: he's got this thing. He's absolutely obsessed with me being British, right? And every <laughs> Tuesday morning, we come in to do the round table... I don't think he'd mind me saying this. Well, I'm saying it. Oh, it's Jerry Agar. He's not that easily hurt. Anyway, every time, every single time, he says something to do with me being British. And every he can't help it. It's like a tick. So this week, he said, uh, how are you? Because that's how he asked questions. Yes. I said, am right? Yeah. He goes, what's new? And I said, I've got a motorcycle. He goes, what is it? Because he's a rider. Right? Yes. I say it's a Honda. What, you didn't go for a British thing? No. <laughs> I can't even think of one. Maybe a triumph, I suppose. Yeah. So there was that. The week before, we had that someone from the Black Lives Matter came in, and I said hello. My name's Vinny. Jerry walked in while I was introducing myself, and he said, "He's British." (laughs)
2: You know why okay, you do this to yourself because you have Union Jacks everywhere. Oh shut. Up. Including on your wallet, uh, including on your door to your apartment. You
1: have Hang on. No, I feel we like need you need to... a little pocket.
2: You have a pocket union jack at all times. <laughs> so you're just
1: I put You're a, a flaming Brit. I put my <laughs> I put a message out to everyone I know about a year ago saying, Can you stop giving me union jacks? <laughs> I don't want them. It's an all right flag, but I'm not that patriotic and I don't even live there.
2: But you've embraced it. You've right. embraced the all one, the swag.
1: There's one in the middle of my wallet. I'll give you that. That was a gift. The one <laughs> on my door is not on my apartment door. It, it just happens to be a throw on the inside. That was from my girlfriend's parents.
2: I can run through them all. Uh, please, save your breath. It's fine. You have them all. I know. <laughs> just know that you're decked out.
1: And then another client that I taught um, Photoshop to got me a... He's an interior designer and he, he bought me a... Union Jack um, cushion. Did you notice that one on the couch? You
2: know what, now it's just, like, it's just all, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a sea of Union Jacks so, yeah. with you. So, like, I, it's like... A... I
1: put them all in my... I've got this studio where I make, like, canvas prints and customers come in. They're everywhere, right? There's loads of them. I know it's a bit obnoxious, but they're everywhere. Every time a customer comes in... Are you Australian?
2: Look at the flag! Oh. Look at the flag! How did it... <laughs> How do they figure it? Well, that's... Oh, mean... I've
1: been going through this for 10 years.
2: Oh, wow. <laughs>
1: anyway, you've come all this way. You've been very delightful. Have you got any news stories that you'd like to discuss?
2: Did you already talk about
1: Topless Trudeau? No, I sort of hinted at it, but I'd like to hear more. What's your thoughts? Well, well first of all, what happened?
2: I'll just say that there's a photographer that was working out in BC. They, She was photographing a wedding and then... Topless Trudeau popped up from a break from surfing, so he had a surfboard and he was totally photobombing on purpose. Like, he's smiling in the background. See,
1: I don't mind the amount of people online that are saying, why isn't he doing his job? He's on holiday surfing.
2: That's all right. Part of me feels like he's a little bit of an attention hog. Like, let these people have their wedding.
1: I always wonder about how the dynamic works between he and his wife. Because I went out with an actor once, and it didn't go for an actress, I should say, but she... Always very feministically referred to herself as an actor, um, but she uh, we had not a very good dynamic because we were both quite attention seeking, and she is quite attention seeking. She sings at any given opportunity, and so is he. So, do they argue over that? I don't know.
2: I mean, I feel like he he sh- she must have known he's like this. Like he's clearly been like this, and now this is like his his time to shine, and he's really embracing it. Yeah, he is going. You going overboard, you think when she says,
1: little. "Oh, I'm going to sing a song," he goes, "No, let's Let's not forget. Why did I take prim- off my shirt? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he should put a P on one nipple and an M on the other. Could be like a superhero. <laughs> yeah, but he's got a good body, and he.
2: And if you haven't seen the photo, you can go check it out on our website, newstalk1010.com.
1: Newstalk1010.com, mm-hmm. home of all interactive and fantastic in-depth news radio, and channel. including
2: topless prime ministers. Yeah,
1: that is in the news a lot, though, isn't it? Yeah. Um, sexier, Putin or Trudeau? <laughs>
2: Why are you asking me that?
1: Because they've both got their nipples out quite a lot.
2: <laughs> Obviously, I think Trudeau is very good looking.
1: There's a certain element of Daniel Craig to to Vladimir though, isn't there?
2: Yeah, I could see that.
1: If you if you're in a nightclub and <laughs> Vladimir Putin came this trotting up on his horse with a shirt on.
2: Hypothetical situation. <laughs> Alright,
1: fine. If you were watching Jerry Agar's favourite dressage <laughs> and <laughs> horse dancing, right? And Vladimir Putin was on his horse with his shirt off, as was the photograph, and he trotted up to you afterwards and said, uh, would you like to go for a drink? By the way, he's not, um, uh, he's not Vladimir Putin. He's, he just happens to be a Russian He Russianer. just looks like that. Yeah. Okay. So let's not, because obviously he'll have yes. you killed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but obviously. if he come trotting up, and went, can I take you for a vodka tonight?
2: This literally sounds like a bad joke. Like you walk into a bar, you see. Um, I don't know. I try to be open-minded, so. So Yes. Maybe. He's probably a sweet talker.
1: Any world leaders you wouldn't have a drink with? I would sit down with any world leader to talk to No, What you've done, you've forgotten how shallow I am. I'm talking (laughs) only about their looks.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, the news in me is like, oh my gosh, I'd have so many questions no matter who it was. All right, two
1: questions, one shallow, one not. Is there any um, world leader that you find very gross to look at? Right, and then the other one is if you could sit down and have a journalistic chat with a world leader, which one would you pick?
2: Okay, I'll answer the journalistic one. Mm. I would sit down with um, the leader of Thailand. Was it Thailand that was the longest serving? He's the longest serving president ever. This was in our trivia, and I was like, "Oh, I didn't know that." Our trivia two weeks ago. I
1: thought uh, I might have this wrong, but isn't
2: it was it, or was isn't it an a Indian? king? A king? Is it a king of Thailand though? Yes. Yeah, I would I would choose him.
1: Longest serving. And yeah. it's it's sort of semi monarchy there as far as I'm aware.
2: And, and yeah, and, and also interesting because of like the tourism aspect and how like North Americans have infiltrated that country, but yet they maintain their culture. I just think it's very interesting. And he's the longest serving, like leader.
1: Um thank you. I'll be on the radio on Tuesday when um do look out for when Jerry mentions that I'm British on air for no apparent reason. It's really funny when you when you start waiting for it. Uh, Thanks to Pat, thanks to Amanda for coming in and I'll see you guys next week, same time, same place for this longer show. Cheers, bye.